So when this podcast series kind of came about, the first person I kind of thought to interview was Kenzie Ingen. And that's kind of because she has been my mentor for a really long time through, you know, business stuff, personal stuff. But she was really the main first person that I met who was a female entrepreneur. Coming from a small town, you don't really get to see that representation very much. So it was really amazing for me to see this person and work with this person who was doing something so amazing and it really kind of gave me a lot of passion. So I'm very excited to have Kenzie as the first episode and first guest on this series from Stories from Women Entrepreneurs. So yeah, let's just get right into it. First of all, you're going to make me start crying before we even start this. Um, My name is Kenzie Engen, and um, I actually met Emily through, um, I'll just say, church and family to begin with, pretty much. It's a small town, so you know everyone. Um, But uh, just to give you a brief background about myself, um, I've kind of always been interested in retail, in home decor, um, anything physical, tactile type merchandise, I guess I'll say. So um, my husband grew up in Tulna here, which is a very, very small town of like 250. So you know everyone. Um, And so when I moved here, I was previously um, a store manager at Pier 1 in Grand Forks. So I was very used to managing people, being very active in the community, um, and having a lot of responsibility. So I think it's fair to say when I came to Tulna, I was excited about the new town, but professionally and personally, I felt very lost um, because I did not have, I didn't, you almost lose like a part of yourself when you lose your, when you don't. No, there is not, not even remotely close. (laughs) So um, basically I needed to figure out something that was me. And um, I started the store, The Tattered Attic, kind of out of accident, to be honest. I had gotten into um, redoing furniture, which at that time, six years ago now, was just kind of up and coming, like very trendy with the chalk paint. And um, so I kind of became passionate about it. And then um, our school here, as you know, closed down. The last year they had it open, I think it was 95. Um, and so they were trying to get businesses in here and for a hundred dollars a month, (laughs) how do you seriously go wrong? (laughs) Yes. So anyways, I told my husband, I have a super crazy idea. Um, I want to open a store. It's a hundred dollars a month. How do you go wrong? Like, yes, yes. How do you go wrong? So I basically, um, taught myself how to use power tools, Um, I always have paint on my hands from painting constantly. And when I opened in um, October that year, so I started this probably in December, January, started creating products. And then in um, October, I opened. And by the way, I was six months pregnant. I had made basically everything in here. So first opening day was awesome. Not awesome part was I sold 80% and I was open the next week. So that's when I realized that um, I needed to start going to market and buying items because I just didn't have time. Yeah, that takes a lot of time. It does, it does, but it's been a joy. 
Yeah, and let's preface this by saying she's not afraid of hard labor. That is, when I started working with her, I was like, oh, a nice little retail job. I'll just sit at the desk and like take money. And then I was like seeing you with all these power tools and building things, and I'm like, oh no, that's not what I'm doing myself. <laughs> I've learned a little bit how to use tools, but it's definitely not as good as Sam's use it. Um, okay, so, well, you started with, you know, like, refinishing pieces mm-hmm. and things like that, but then now where has the store come You know, I think that's probably the one bit advice um, that I can give to new business owners and current business owners too. You cannot be afraid to try something yeah. new. Um, I think in today's age that the minute you remain normal, constant, unwilling to try new things is when you will see your sales plummet. And being at a small town, I needed to find something that made me unique. After I brought in the furniture, home decor, then I started carrying um, country chic chalk paint. So that kind of led me to DIY classes or the beginning of them. And then um, I still needed to find new ways to bring people in. Some of some people just don't care for decor, especially younger kids who don't have a place or whatever. That led me to bring in clothing. So then um, that was a brand new adventure, and um, but it brought in another um, demographic for sure. And then um, after that, we brought in Melissa and Doug Toys, which was incredible. Um, and then I would say in the last two years, my focus has really shifted towards um, DIY painting classes. So it's been great because it's given me an opportunity to really educate myself more in the workshop on my wood tools and just giving me a new challenge there. But it's been really fun to travel and meet all of these new ladies and see how proud they are of their creations too. And just to know you're giving them a mom's night out yeah. or a night away from dishes and kids. And-, and I think it's fun. The one thing I thought was fun was, you know, they see all these decor items in stores, but once you make it yourself, I think you have a way bigger appreciation for how that comes about. Yep, and when you look at that price tag, I think it makes mm-hmm. people think about things in a different way, yep, too. I agree. Absolutely. Yep. Um, okay, so we did kind of how you started. What about who is your biggest supporter when you first started? I'm going to say, obviously, my husband, first of all. If it wasn't for him saying, yeah, do it, you're crazy yeah. not to, I don't know that I would have been here, but I have to thank my parents. My dad is an entrepreneur himself. He's um, started three businesses. It's crazy. And so I think he's really instilled in my sister and I to never be afraid to go for what you want. And if there's one thing he always taught us, don't ever give up. Mm-hmm. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And always, always, always more than anything, the most important thing is in business is to put your customers first. first. I like they are the reason you are there. Mm-hmm. Without them, you have nothing. So they are absolutely the most important thing. When I would say, too, after working here, now that's kind of instilled in me, too, because I saw that's what you did, mm-hmm. too. I mean, the customer is always right. And I remember there were times where I was like, well, Kenzie, like mm-hmm. they say they wanted to return something and they don't have their seat. There's this or that. And I'm like, but 
why are we doing this or why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. And you're like, because mm-hmm. customers are important. Mm-hmm. And and yes, there are times when I want to hit my head when they walk mm-hmm. out and you're like, oh, that's not okay. That's yeah. not fair. But at the end of the day, what's the big deal? It might have cost mm-hmm. you 20 or $30. And how much would it have cost you if that customer walked out? And never came back. And not only mm-hmm. that, they told True. a bazillion people yeah. about their terrible experience. And yeah. then they tell how many people. <laughs> so um, it's just so important to me that when I am not here, anyone who works for me knows that that mm-hmm. is the most important. Yeah. I don't ever care. I will never be mad at you. Mm-hmm. As long as they leave happy, that is yeah. absolutely the most important thing to me. And when you just talked about that, like working here, and when I, you'd be gone and I, there wasn't a lot of ways for me to reach you, first thing I would say is, what would Kenzie do? <laughs> <laughs> but then I knew what to do. It was because then I would just, you know, go back past mm-hmm. things. What would you do and things mm-hmm. like that? Um, okay. This is a big one. And when I was doing this podcast series, I thought, I want, when people listen to this, I want questions that they're thinking, if they're thinking of starting a business. Mm-hmm. If they heard these questions answered, it would be really helpful because this is something I struggled a lot with when I started mine was what is worth spending your money on when it comes to starting your business? I mean, that can be lawyers, graphic designers, uh, space. I mean, there's so many things Mm -hmm. that goes into it, but what is, you know, what do you put your money into? Um, I think for me personally, and when you start a business, this is going to be different for everyone depending on the volume of business that you do for me spending a hundred dollars was a big thing when I started my business and I would say that a graphic artist to develop Mm -hmm. my logo was very important I would think if you are starting a new business and you can somehow link up with a fellow business owner I would not do one that would be competition and close to you but whether it be a state away or a couple states away, and you could somehow pick their brain, even if that costs you a little bit, mm-hmm. I think the wealth of the knowledge that they could give you would be worth it. And definitely, for me, I'm not an accounting fan. <laughs> so, um, you know, working with an accountant would probably be very beneficial. And, of course, a lawyer to make sure you have all your ducks in a row. I don't know that you can ever go wrong with those. No, yeah. And, I mean, after my experience, too, I mean, that was a good uh, point with, like, reaching out to other people and their experiences. But the first two things that I definitely wouldn't have been able to, like, be where I'm at my business, even have the name out there, is if I hadn't talked to a lawyer and I didn't talk to an accountant. Mm -hmm. Because there were so many things that I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't know them, I would have been – and, and it always changes. Yeah, always changing. Mm-hmm. So, so it's. I think those are two really important things. But that's a really great idea because I think there's a lot of power in people's experiences, especially if it's similar to yours. It's a good one. Yep. So I think what comes up a lot, especially for you know women as entrepreneurs and just women in career fields in general, is the imposter syndrome. So you know, how do you maneuver through self doubt, second guessing, and the imposter syndrome? Um, I think it's very common for us, especially as women, to um, doubt ourselves a lot. And as corny as this may sound, I think the strongest power in my life was to support, have support staff around me as far as um, 
really great family and friends. A lot of my friends are entrepreneurs as well. It does. And I feel like reaching out to those people is beneficial because we've all had our struggles. So like I told you before, um, I think it's beneficial to find a another business similar to yours, a couple states away where you're not competition, and to really um, get to know that person. And I was lucky enough to find one of those down in um, Minnesota, actually. And so I had always kind of... Um, followed her business online, and really just been intrigued by how she was able to grow so quickly and um, ended up connecting with her at market one year and told her what a fan I was. And so from there, anytime I've been nervous about a different product line to bring in, um, just the business in general, being nervous, like you said, am I making it? Am I not going Mm -hmm. to? I've always been able to reach out to her for advice being she's been through it in the same business field before. Um, But I've also talked to my dad a lot. He is definitely a huge, huge mentor Mm -hmm. being in business. And throughout his 40 some Mm -hmm. years, he's kind of seen it all too. So I think he has been a huge inspiration for me too. I mean, just knowing your dad too, I feel like he's honest enough too to tell you the things that you maybe don't want to hear. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But which is good because it's important to have those, I think, you know, different types of mm-hmm. people, you know, some people who are going to be honest, but sometimes you need more comfort or encouragement. Correct. But I think Correct. that's, yeah, your dad has a lot of experience mm-hmm. and he's going to be honest with you. But then mm-hmm. that's also nice having somebody in the same field because, you know, you can ask any entrepreneur a question, but sometimes if it's not, they haven't been through yeah, it, how do you really know? Yeah, it's not, if it's not the same, you know, type of business, it's Correct. a little bit difficult. Another thing I like I would be interested in if I was listening to this podcast is, you know, if you're going to start getting employees, there's a lot of different things that go on. Oh, it's scary. Yeah. (laughs) It's so scary. (laughs) So first of all, how many employees do you have technically? Technically three part-time employees. I will never forget the day when I realized, oh, I can't do this by myself. That is a really hard mountain Mm -hmm. to climb. Um, I can be a perfectionist and it's okay. You can laugh. (laughs) I can be a huge perfectionist. And so, um, it scares me to think about having other people represent me. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that was important to me is the integrity and character Mm -hmm. of an employee to know that when I am not in the store, they're going to be like me. Yeah. My customers will be treated with kindness and mm-hmm. respect. They'll be helped. Basically, that's what was important to me. But also, it's scary to think, going back to that question about accounting, Yeah, that was nerve-wracking. True. Like, all the different paperwork to fill out, who's going to do my payroll, mm-hmm. and this and that. That was really nerve-wracking. Yeah. So, and I will say, side note, Emily and her sister work for me, and... Um, <laughs> It, it's yeah. been awesome. I hope you know that. So it's so incredibly rewarding to have both of you in the store and to just know that it's taken care of. My customers mm-hmm. couldn't be happier. And I thank you for that. That's been wonderful. <laughs> uh, well, and I, I've loved working here. It was very good learning. And I learned a lot from you in the sense you are a perfectionist. So, and I am, I'm more somebody who's like, 
it's it's fine yes like, and I I very much am a perfectionist <laughs> and I will say too which probably drove you bananas I um I'm not a hand holder and <laughs> I will tell you how to you know probably get you started I'll yeah. say but I have also learned in business that if someone does everything for you and tells yep. you what to do you're not going to figure anything no. out on your own. And um, I obviously wasn't around in the summer. Mm-mm. And so Emily had to run the store by herself and could not get a hold of me at no. times via phone, via email. And so when something came up, you figured it out real quick. And I bet you never forgot either. No. And well, and, I mean, okay, before that, I think, um, yeah, no, this was my first job experience that was more than me, I guess, Um, because everything else was just, you know, mowing lawns and doing things like that, so I was terrified. I was also a junior in high school, I think. Or even younger. Yeah, I was. You might have been a sophomore. (laughs) I don't know why you chose me. (laughs) I saw it in you. (laughs) But, and I think you trained me for, I want to say it was only two weeks, Mm -hmm. and so I would just come in the store with you and learn little things here and there but yeah then you were gone and I just had to figure it out but I think I mean that's from that day I was like you just got to do it to learn it because you never forgot no no not at all so that was a very good strategy for you um I and then I tried to you know because then I had to train Rachel in a little bit and that's where then I kind of learned how to be a manager be a boss because I was like I could you know show her all these things Mm -hmm. but She's not, when the time comes and there's a customer standing there, you're not going to know what to do because someone else did it yep. for you. And as long as you remembered in the back of your mind, make the customer first, mm-hmm. it was fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so what about, what did you learn about being a boss to others? I know we kind of talked all around, but, you know, is there something you learned about yourself? You know, um, when I was the manager at Pier 1, I had non-seasonal probably about 12 part-time workers a full-time assistant manager two um, part-time assistant managers so I think the biggest thing I had to personally overcome was knowing that I need to delegate Mm -hmm. I cannot do everything on my own and I needed to figure out what was going to make the business money what was going to grow the business and delegate from there um little different when it's your own business though yeah and you go from having all these employees to by yourself and you kind of for me personally I had issues delegating (laughs) again um, especially when it comes to visual displays and everything because everyone just has their own eye yeah everyone has their own way but I think it is really important to figure out what makes your employees tick Mm-hmm. to figure out what empowers them because yep. um, that's going to make them stay around for them to feel important, to be intrigued by what they do. No one likes to be a number. Yeah, Everyone likes to know that you mean something mm-hmm. to someone. And so um, hopefully I did this. But yes. I, obviously, I, I've been <laughs> here since I was a junior in high school. <laughs> so obviously just, I mean, we're more like family yeah. than anything in my opinion. But just making that person know that they mm-hmm. are important, that they are appreciated. And if there's something they want to learn or they want to grow mm-hmm. specific um, 
you know, for you, I remember when we got the clothing in too. You mm-hmm. shined when we got that clothing <laughs> in. Not that you didn't with decor, but clothing was just kind of special mm-hmm. to you. And so it's fun to see people grow and try new things. Yeah. And it's amazing what it can do for your business and return now. And that's true too, because I remember too then when I got excited about, you know, social media stuff, I was like, Kenzie, can I just do all this? And it, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like you said too, there's not a lot of handholding and you really let me, you were just like, do it, you know? I mean, you had some things where you showed me like, this is kind of what I wanted to look mm-hmm. like, things like that, but there wasn't a lot of cure the rules or anything like that. Yes. And I would say someone always told me, and I apologize for not remembering who, but as an owner, as a boss, you can't be afraid to hire people mm-hmm. who are smarter than you. And uh, that yes. sounds so stupid, no. but so smart when you think mm-hmm. about it. If these people are going to make you money, why wouldn't you want yep. them smart to know what they're talking about? Um, not everyone can know everything. right? And so I think that's one area you definitely shine in. It was so nice to be able to step back when you were doing all those podcasts and everything, you're like, I don't want to do that. And you were awesome at that. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. Now that I grew, I grew a lot here and I would say probably, I mean, I would not be doing a lot of the pos- podcast things, all the things, putting myself out there. If I hadn't, if you haven't put me in the place where I was like, oh gosh, if only you guys could know Emily, <laughs> what, six years ago now? I know. I, would, I remember the first day you brought me in here. I mean, I was shaking. And now, you know, Rachel will call me and she'll be like, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how. It's fun to see the confidence. Yeah. Um, okay. So we also kind of went over, you know, what advice would you give? What about, what do you look for in a potential employee? I mean, I guess you kind of, you know, smarter than you, but. Kind of like I said before, I want someone who I can trust, Mm -hmm. someone who believes in themselves, someone who just a good person that I know is going to take care of this place Mm -hmm. when I am not here, someone who is not afraid to try new things and is just a hard worker. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that you're not going to sit around. Right. You're going to take care of business. And that's really important as a business owner. Especially where your money's going, you know, that's a big deal too. And then, um, oh, I have something. Ah, whatever. Okay. Um, but no, I think it's important for a lot of people too, especially if they're looking for jobs, what employers are looking for. Or if, you know, say you wanted to work in a boutique, these are good things mm-hmm. to take notes of. Um, but to end it, let's kind of, what can we see from your business in the future? Oh, and I didn't (laughs) discuss this, but I'm actually, we've talked a lot about the store. I'm in the process as we sit in the store right now, um, (laughs) closing it down. Um, I'm a mom of two Mm -hmm. and I have realized that my kids are growing way, Mm -hmm. way too quick. And um, in the past year, year and a half, I've really focused a lot on my um, do-it-yourself workshops, which I love, absolutely love them. And with traveling so much, we do on average, I'd say, four to eight workshops a month and can drive, you know, an hour each way, which might not seem like a big deal, but But it it adds up at 1030 at night. Mm -hmm. And it's just all this time away from your family. Um, So closing down the store to definitely 
um, spend more time on the workshops, spend more time at home being mm-hmm. a mom. I get to enjoy Christmas mm-hmm. again. It was so wonderful yes. this year to enjoy Christmas. <laughs> um, and I have a few things up my sleeve. Um, I would love to probably start doing more interior Mm-hmm. design and decorating and you have a lot of people I'm sure who are already like you know, I've been to the list <laughs> yes I've been very lucky to work with a few people already mm-hmm. um my good friend Chelsea I've gotten to design a few of her commercial spaces and so it's just kind of a fun new passion that mm-hmm. I've really kind of been learning as I go and I like to be um challenged so mm-hmm. it's kind of a new challenge Um, But at the same time, you know, our youngest is three years old and I purposely never wanted to sell the business. I didn't want to get rid of the name. I worked too hard from it. And who knows if this is the end of the tattered attic, you know, in four or five years, it may come back. Um, I will definitely say one of my biggest personal aspirations or people that I love to follow is Juliana Gaines. Mm -hmm. Oh, if I could meet her, I would love to. (laughs) Um, But anyways... I love her story. And for all of you female entrepreneurs, if you have never read the Magnolia story, you need to go pick that up Mm -hmm. today. She is a force to be reckoned with. She is incredible how she's able to balance her professional and personal life. And I really enjoy looking up to her and follow her career too. So, you know, she went through the same thing of put business on hold and yeah. followed family and came back bigger and stronger than yeah. ever so who knows? a little bit of a recharge too I think you know because once you're burnt out mm-hmm. a little bit and then you step back you can kind of get every you know light the yeah. fire back up under absolutely your butt. yeah absolutely and if I know anything about Kenzie I do know that this will not be the last of anything because I will be bored <laughs> I was just gonna say she does not sit still for long so I think you're right I think you're gonna take a break you're gonna get bored and then it's gonna be bang there's going to be something else, mm-hmm. whether it is interior, whether maybe you think of something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you got a lot of talent, so I don't think this will be the end yes. of anything. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. So thank you for joining the podcast episode and being the first episode I on I was my the series. First. You're the thank first you. episode on my series. That's, I mean, that's what I said when I talked about, or well, when Scott talked to me about this series, I was like, this is who I'm going to oh, first. Thank you. So thank you for being the first. And, thank and I love you, for you. And thank you for everything <laughs> you've done for me. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. All right. So that was the Tattered Attic and Kenzie Engen. And uh, stay tuned for more upcoming episodes from my series of women entrepreneurs.